that sweet aroma I'm bold and beautiful I can hardly wait to taste Early morning Something wonderful Is about to make my day Hey! Give me a good cup of coffee Give me a word that rocks me a whole lot of Jesus and a little caffeine. World waits out the front door. Let it wait just a bit more. Because I need Jesus and a little caffeine. Hello, everybody out there in podcast land, and welcome to another episode of Jesus and Coffee. Amen. My name is Jay Brooks, and I'm your host for this devotional Bible study. I'm a Christian, a husband, a father, and a grandfather. I love Jesus, and I love coffee, hence the name of this broadcast. I have my Bible open in front of me in a nice hot mug of dark roast coffee, so I have everything I need to start my day. This isn't really about coffee, it's all about Jesus. I just drink coffee while I'm doing it, and I happen to love this song by John Waller. My wife and I met him in August of 2017 at a free concert he gave in a church here in New England. We had a nice conversation and he wasn't trying to get rid of us. He was genuinely interested in getting to know us a little bit. Check out his music and if you have a chance to go see him I highly recommend it. He is a good Christian brother who loves Jesus and loves coffee so that makes him my kind of guy. So let's get things started, shall we? Today I will once again be reading from the English Standard Version, or the ESV for short. I will be reading John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. Let's pray and get into the Word. Almighty God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we ask you to open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things from your Holy Word. Change us with your Word, because we desperately need to be changed. Reveal yourself to us from your Word because we desperately need to know you and speak to us through your word, because we desperately need to hear your voice. Amen. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. The word of the Lord. Amen. The door is being locked. Here we have the disciples gathered in a room, quite possibly the same room where the Last Supper took place, and the doors are locked because they are afraid of the Jewish authorities. They are afraid they will come after them and kill them like they did Jesus. Mary has already told them that she has seen, spoken to, and touched Jesus. Yet they are still hiding in fear. As I said in the last episode, they still don't get it. Jesus came and stood in their midst. The doors are locked. Unlike we read in the book of Revelation, Jesus does not stand at the door and knock. Nobody gets up and opens the door. Yet, Jesus came and stood in their midst. The resurrected body of Jesus is different from the body he had before. 
Mary didn't recognize him until he said her name, so he doesn't look exactly the same. His body is solid because he told Mary, don't cling to me, and he can pass through walls. And the disciples don't rejoice until he shows them his wounds. I have often wondered what it was like to be in Jesus' physical presence. I wonder what it would have been like to hear his voice as he preached. I wonder if I would have believed he was the Messiah. I wonder if he would have picked me to be a fisher of men. I wonder if I would have seen the heaven in his eyes. I also wonder if I would have vilified him as he hung on the cross like so many others did. I look forward to meeting the resurrected Jesus when he is finished with me on this earth. I so desperately want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Ah, but I digress. There is clearly something different about Jesus' post-resurrection body, and I, as well as everyone else, will have to wait to find out what that body is like and experience the joy that these men experienced when they knew it was him. Until that day comes, we can only wonder. Jesus tells the disciples here, that he is sending them as the Father has sent him. The Father sent Jesus to earth to reveal God to humanity. That is what the descendants of Abraham were supposed to do. And, to a certain extent, the Jews did reveal God to the world. Over time, the leaders of the Jews focused more on the letter of the law than they did the God that law was intended to reveal. Jesus came to fulfill the law. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. One of the ways that Jesus did that was through his death on the cross. Jesus fulfilled the ceremonial law when he was crucified. The ceremonies and sacrifices in the tabernacle and later in the temple foreshadowed the crucifixion of Christ, which paid the penalty for our sin once for all and ended the need for animal sacrifices that had to be done over and over again. Jesus also fulfilled hundreds of messianic prophecies in the law. Another way that Jesus fulfilled the law was by living the perfect life, completely obedient to the law in every way. Before Christ, we were, as Paul says in Galatians, held captive under the law. The law is the tutor that teaches us we are incapable of living a life that is holy and just before God and reveals our need for a Savior. Jesus, because of his perfect life, is eligible to be that Savior. That, my friends, is a brief description of how Jesus fulfilled the law. To unpack all the ways that Jesus fulfilled the law would take way too much time. The Father sent Jesus into the world to fulfill the law and reveal God to the world. Jesus sends these disciples out as the Father sent him to reveal God in the person of Christ Jesus to the world. And it is the Holy Spirit that will enable these still frightened, confused men to do that. Jesus then tells them, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you hold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now only God can forgive sin. And Jesus is not giving these men the authority to forgive sin. This is one of the places where Protestants and Roman Catholics differ. No man has the power to forgive sin except for the God-man Christ Jesus. The indwelling Holy Spirit, which Jesus gives them a foretaste of here, will also enable them to discern who has and has not been born again. Therefore, they can give assurance to those whose sins have been forgiven by God by revealing the terms of forgiveness. These men and all who profess to serve the Lord Jesus are sent to tell a story. The story of Christ's love for his creation, the story of redemption, 
Forgiveness of sin is in the cross of Christ, as Paul says also in Galatians, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Salvation, being saved from God's wrath, which in essence means your sins have been forgiven, comes only by faith in Christ Jesus, the God-man. The last two verses in the Gospel of Matthew are known as the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We do that by telling the story, the greatest story ever told, the story of Christ's love for humanity, the story of redemption from the curse of the law, the story of forgiveness of sin, the story of salvation and eternal life. And as we tell that story, he will be with us to the very end. Thank you for listening to Jesus and Coffee. Amen. And may God richly bless you.